Well, I'm going to have the scriptures uh, up on the screen. If you want to follow along, you, you're welcome to. We're going to be in the book of Proverbs, so we're going to be kind of jumping all over the place. But before I get into God's word this evening, just want to remind you of a few really important announcements. One is, starting tomorrow morning at some point, you can go on to our Calvary CCM website, and there will be a video that Pastor Mark uh, recorded today, and it will be posted, and it will be about how to vote based on biblical principles. And so I know it's going to be a powerful video, one that we can all use as we go into this election cycle. And uh, it's not going to be on YouTube or Facebook. It's only going to be on our website. So I encourage you to go on and watch that. Now, next Wednesday on October 7th, we will be in person, live here in the sanctuary. And so I invite you to come. And starting this next Wednesday, we are going to have our Spanish service that's been meeting. We're going to have our WANA Kids Club. We're going to have the Edge for 5th and 6th grade. We have our junior high ministry, and we'll have our adult Bible study here in the sanctuary. And uh, approximately one hour to one hour and five minutes will be the service from 6.30 to just past 7.30. So I invite you to come out. Uh, we'll still have the service online for you to watch, but nothing better than worshiping and uh, studying God's Word together. So that begins on next Wednesday, October 7th. Now, as we've been going through this series called Proverbs, A Roadmap to Personal Revival, each week we've been taking a different topic from the book of Proverbs and studying it. How can that bring revival in our lives? How can that help us to grow in our wisdom and our knowledge of the Lord? So today's topic is one that I believe is the hardest job that any of us will ever have. It's the most rewarding job we will ever have. And perhaps we have the least amount of training for this job. What is that job? Parenting. Parenting, I believe, is the most rewarding, but also the hardest thing that we will do. And I believe it is one of the most important things. Because as parents, our most important ministry takes place under our roof with our family. God called us to make a difference at home first before outside the home. And we will all be accountable as parents on how we steward or manage the souls of our children. And so I just want to encourage you. Some of you may say, well, I'm past that stage. But you're still an influence, perhaps on adult children or on grandchildren. Some of you may say, well, I've never had any children. I don't plan on having children. Well, stay tuned because maybe you will be helping uh, another family or friend person with some uh, parenting advice. I can tell you it's so important for all of us. And I believe God's word provides direction. And there's some great nuggets of truth on parenting as we study some verses in the book of Proverbs. So strap your seatbelt on tight because we're going to be moving through this. And uh, before we even get into Proverbs, let me just share this verse from 3 John, verse 4. 3 John, verse 4 says this. The Apostle John writing this. He says, I have no greater joy than to hear my children are walking in the truth. Now, he was referring to spiritual children, but the principle holds true with even blood children. 
No greater joy than to know our children are walking in the truth. But I can tell you as Christian parents, that doesn't happen just by osmosis. It doesn't just filter down because we're a Christian. There's some important things that we need to be able to do. So I believe as uh, I've worked with a number of parents over the years, as I've been a parent, I think that the hardest trials that any of us will ever face is when our children are struggling. I believe that that's a harder trial to go through than we personally are struggling with our own health or finances. When there's something happening with our children, it tugs at, the, at our strings of our heart in a way that is so much harder. As parents, we're not called to make our children happy, but I believe we're called to help them to be holy, to help them to grow in their relationship with God. Now you might be saying, well, why are you up here talking about this? Well, I can tell you this, maybe it's because I've made so many mistakes that I've learned from so many of those mistakes how to be a parent. Uh, Just a quick little story. Barb and I had been parents for 13 years, and I was making a lot of errors, a lot of mistakes. We had three kids at the time, 13, 10, and 7, and I was kind of out of control as a husband, as a dad. I was trying to parent now some uh, a teenager and a preteen, and I was like struggling big time, making a lot of mistakes. And my wife, she encouraged me to go with her to a parenting class here at Calvary Chapel. And I, I was like, I stepped back and I realized, wow, I have been doing a lot of things wrong. I started to learn some tools, some things that I could do to make changes, to help. And I'm so glad I did at that stage because it set the course of the rest of our parenting. And I believe the way our kids turned out was because of some things that I, I changed personally. Now, we know we can do everything perfect and our kids will still could go astray. They have a free will. Even God, as a perfect parent, had to la- ask his first two kids to leave home, leave the garden. So we can be perfect parents, but I really believe that as we, we put some principles into action, as we learn, the, the odds are going to be stacked way ahead for us in how our children turn out. See, Proverbs 22.6, the first verse, and I think kind of a theme verse is going to go across this teaching. I have it in the New King James because that's the way most of us learn this verse. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old... He will not depart from it. Now, we know that the Proverbs are not necessarily always promises. They're generally principles that are going to help us have wisdom so we can train up our children in the way they should go, and the likelihood that they are not going to depart from it is going to be very, very strong. But we know that things can still happen. But what is our role as parents? Our parents is to train them up in the way they should go. So how should they go? What direction do we have as parents on how our children should go? See, it shouldn't be our way. It should be God's way. And I'm here to tell you that it is more important that our children have a heart for God than having proper behavior. 
And I think oftentimes, what do parents do? They focus on the behavior of their children and not necessarily on having a heart for God. So with this teaching, we are going to focus on character development of our children. We're going to focus on how to help them to have a heart after God because I believe, just like the Apostle John said, there's no greater joy for us than to know our children are walking in the truth. Those of you that are raising young children, someday the greatest joy you're going to have is when you look back and you see, Wow, our kids as adults are following the Lord with their whole heart. They will make a lot of mistakes. Their behavior will be up and down, and and a lot of times they'll get in trouble. But let me tell you, helping them develop a character, a heart after God, is what we should be focused on. See, it's better than any type of financial success for our kids. It's better than them being the star on any type of sports team or having a career that is incredible that you like to brag about them, or even have lots of a power in some big responsible position. More important than any of that is for our kids to know God and to be accomplishing the purpose of why God has them here on earth. So that's going to be our focus this evening, and we're going to look at three areas, three areas for us to focus on. Number one, is that we need to teach our children to be like Jesus. Not to be like ourselves. We want our children to be like Jesus because the goal for every one of us, including adults, is to become more and more like Christ, to be a mature Christ follower. So that's our role, is to teach our children. You see a couple of the Proverbs, and I could have picked more. There's even actually more related to this, but look at Proverbs 1, 8 there on your screen. It says, listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. So you see the father involved in instruction, you see the mother involved in teaching. That is what we are to be doing as parents. We are teachers, whether you're a homeschooler or not. We all should be teaching at home, teaching our kids. And then look at Proverbs 6, verse 20. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake your mother's teaching. So we see again, The father and mother both involved. Sometimes in some families, the dads let the mothers take all that responsibility. This was one of the mistakes I made in the early days of our parenting. I let my wife do more of the spiritual training. I remember kids in the high chair, and she's doing Bible stories, and I'm thinking, I don't know how much they can even understand. And in the early days, I was the one who step back and let her take the lead. But I see in these principles, the dad and the mom should be involved in teaching the children. We all have a responsibility. So this is one of the things. And I think as parents, we have to be careful that we don't set such a high standard for our kids based on what we want to accomplish in life, maybe from a sports position or some other thing, that we, we can actually frustrate our kids because we put a higher standard for them than what we were able to attain. And I think also as we train our children, be aware that we don't want to just forsake this and give it to the role of the church. Yes, we're here as a church. Our kids' ministry is awesome. Our youth ministry is incredible. But those supplement what should be happening in the home. Don't just say, well, I'm just going to delegate all of that to the church. No, we're here to to supplement it. And we know it's 
the training to be like the Lord, training in the Lord. Look at Ephesians 6.4. It says this. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. What are we supposed to do as dads? Train and instruct them in the trainings of the Lord. That's how we become more like Jesus. We look at the instructions. How did Jesus live? The parables, the miracles. What did he say about loving God and loving others? About following him. What does it mean to be a disciple? That's what we are to do. We're not to... We're not to exasperate our children. And and it kind of follows very long with Colossians 3.21. Let me just read it to you. It's not on the screen. It says in Colossians 3.21, Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. So we see in those two verses, don't embitter them, don't exasperate them. What does that mean? It means don't frustrate them. Don't constantly be on them to discourage them, telling them constantly what they're doing wrong. So we want to train them in a way that we can encourage them. See, it's easy sometimes as a parent to to walk in uh, maybe our children's bedroom and to see the one or two things that they are doing wrong and look at all the, forsake all the things and look past all the things that are doing right. See, we want to be encouragers to our children. Don't frustrate them. Don't be constantly telling them what they're doing wrong. If your boss did that to you, you'd want to be looking for another job. And many times our children, they, they can't leave the home. They can't go look for other parents, but it, it does the same effect on them. It just wants them to give up. So don't embitter them. Don't in, uh, exasperate them. That can happen by us having more withdrawals than deposits in the relationship. Now let me just show you on the screen four types of parents that I see in the world around us. And you could probably look and say what type of parent you are, or maybe how you parents parented you or people that you know from this list. First type is absent or neglectful. Absent if they're out of the home, neglectful if they're in the home, but they've just completely checked out. That's one type of parent. Maybe they walked out on, on the family. Then they're absent. Or they just completely just ignore the children. That's neglectful. The second type is permissive. They're there, but they think that maybe they are truly loving their kids by letting them get away with whatever they want. Maybe they didn't have certain things when they were growing up, and now they have the means to to give their kids whatever they want and let the kids kind of be in charge. So they're very permissive. You want to stay out late at night? You want to hang out with that person? That's fine. Okay? Permissive. Then there's the third type. Dominating or controlling. These are the super strict parents. They're constantly on the kids. They're probably the ones that 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 Ephesians 6, 4 was written towards. Or the Colossians 3. They were very frustrating the kids. But then you see the last type. And this is what our goal should be. To be loving with godly influence. See, to be like Jesus as a parent, we need to be humble but firm. This is what we want to do. Now, I just want to share with you one of the the good things that we did as a family in trying to train our children. Our three children now are grown up. 
They're in their 30s and upper 20s, and, and now we have, we're at the grandparent stage with four grandkids. All of our kids are following the Lord. They're all doing ministry for the Lord in one way or another. But one of the things that we did as parents, and really Barb started it, and then I kind of saw the benefits of it and joined in on it, was family devotions. One or two times a week, we'd get the family together in the family room. We'd let them get a snack before bed. And we would sit around with our Bibles when they were old enough to read. Before they were old enough to read, they would listen. And we would have one person open in prayer. So we might ask any of them, including the kids or the, any of the parents. And we'd open in prayer. Then we'd go through. And our, our favorite one that we did most of those years was go through books of the Bible. I remember going through the book of Proverbs, verse by verse. And we would read a verse. And we'd go around the room, and each child, if they're old enough to read, would read the verse. And then usually, like myself, when I got involved in it and started helping lead it, I would just say, what does that mean? And sometimes they'd say, I don't know what it means. And I'd say, well, read it again. What does that verse mean? And they would read it and would say, now, how do we apply that to our life? See, that was our training. There was no preparation from Barb and myself on those devotion times. We would just take books of the Bible, we would read, we would talk about it as a family. You know one of the great things about devotions? You're training your kids and no one's in trouble. Because oftentimes training takes place in the form of discipline. When somebody's in trouble and now you're applying training, but at that time when they're in trouble, then they're in a defensive mode. The kids are like trying to you know, get out of something and they're not really listening with their heart. But the devotion time was such a great time because we're just talking, we're sharing, we're sharing about life examples. They're talking about things at school with teachers and with kids and kids in the neighborhood. Barb and I are opening up and sharing our lives, our, our stories. We're even sharing our testimonies in these devotion times. And then at the very end of the devotion, we would just go around the room and we might say, okay, share a need, and then pray for the person on your right. Or share a need, pray for the person on the left, and we would just go around and pray. 20, 30-minute max, right before bed. We found that to be one of the most effective things that we did as parents in training our children in the ways of the Lord. Such great stories over the years, things that we said. I don't have time to go into some of the things that, that happened during those times, but it was so powerful. Now, yes, many times the kids weren't really wanting to participate. But you know what? We didn't let it stop us. We did it anyway. They would get engaged, and we had some tremendous times in just training them with that method. So I just want to encourage you, you can train with life examples, everything that you go through, use it and talk about it related to scripture. You can talk about it with training them by opening up the Bible, reading Bible stories, devotions. Obviously, the church is here to help train, but then also just modeling Christian behavior for your kids. Now, some of you are grandparents. Everything I'm sharing, and you're raising your grandkids, or maybe you have a great influence in your grandkids, Everything I'm sharing with, you could be doing also as grandparents, helping to, to pour into your grandkids to know the Lord. Some of you have adult kids, and I just want to encourage you. Things do shift when your kids move out of your home and, and they get married and they're no longer under your authority. We want to shift then to becoming a mentor to our adult kids 
and we don't want to parent them. We're still not trying to tell them exactly what to do in different areas. We want to be there for them when they have a need. So here's the next statement, uh, like you just to jot down, is so important in the area of parenting. And this, parenting is preparing your kids to leave. It's not to hold them so tight, to keep them in this tight little bubble. You want to prepare them to leave. So what that looks like is as your children get older and older, you're giving them more responsibility, more kind of rope that they have a little bit more uh, opportunities to go out. Sometimes you might have to pull it in a little bit, but you're preparing them to leave. So we want to teach our kids how to manage money. Now, you don't do that with a five-year-old, perhaps, but you definitely need to be doing it with a preteen and teenager, how to work for their possessions. We want to teach our kids how to fail. Ooh, that's a tough one. How to fail. How to ask for forgiveness. You know, the best way to do that is model it yourself. Some kids have never heard their parents say that they were wrong or ask for forgiveness. That's one thing I did model for our kids because I was wrong so many times I had to go to them and say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Also, we should teach our kids how to have a strong work ethic. We should teach our kids that we don't want to just give them everything. God doesn't do that for us. He's the one that instituted work and responsibility. But most importantly, we want to teach our kids how to have a strong faith in Jesus Christ and why we want that. Not just for heaven, but for earth as well. So let's move on now, and we move past this instruction to the next big area on parenting, and that's number two is discipline with love and correction. We want to discipline with love and correction. Proverbs 29 Verse 17 says, discipline your children and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights you desire. Proverbs 13, 24. Probably many of you know this verse. Whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Now, I'm not here to get into the debate on spanking or non-spanking because everybody has their own opinions about that. They have, you know, a lot of it related to how they were raised and they've seen the good uses of it or the bad uses of it. But I am here to talk about discipline. And discipline is such an important aspect. Some of you maybe were raised way too lenient. Your parents let you get away with anything. Others were raised way too strict. Constantly, your parents were on you, controlling you, dominating you. And you maybe were harshly disciplined, where there was no love involved. See, we want to learn, what does God say? Not how we were parented. What does God say? See, many of us were punished so severely and now we kind of move away from this whole area of discipline. Is I don't, want to, I don't want to be a disciplinarian to my kids because I saw how bad it was when I was growing up. Well, it's because you didn't have it in the right way. God is into discipline. But above that, let's stop and ask this question because as a parent, we want to understand this. Are we a critic or a coach? Some parents... They're critics, and they think that's how they're going to train their kids. 
It's to constantly kind of be on them, tell them what they're doing wrong. But I would rather look at it as our role as parents is to be like a coach. Now, I can tell you as somebody who was in sports growing up, coaches, not only did they train us, not only did they help us to, to do our position, but when we did things wrong, they provided discipline. I remember many a times after games or after practices, having discipline where we had to run extra, run stairs and do different things because maybe we weren't doing things quite right and the coach thought this is a way to help train them, okay? Well, as a coach, you want to be an encourager, but also you don't want to just let anything happen either. I love this quote from Josh McDowell because I think it serves a basis for our discipline. And that's this, rules without relationship leads to rebellion. What is the most important aspect of discipline? It's relationship. And this is why many parents had bad experiences with discipline. Is they thought the discipline alone would correct their ch child and make them comply. Mm -mm. That can actually bring rebellion. You've got to have relationship. In other words, discipline flows out of a loving relationship with your child. And you know when that becomes more and more important? As the children get older. And oftentimes parents lose their kids as teenagers because they're continually providing discipline but they're not investing into the relationship. They're not involved in their lives, having fun with them, doing activities with them. So that's so important that we take time to build the relationship with our kids. Then here's another big one. And as a counselor here, so oftentimes I've run into this. Don't enable your kids by allowing them to make bad decisions without feeling the consequences. See, many times parents bail their kids out of anything and everything. And the kids continue to go on and make bad decision after bad decision. And they don't feel the consequence of it. God's not that way with us. You make a bad decision, there's a consequence. Yes, there's going to be forgiveness. Yes, there's love. But what we need to do with our discipline is to make sure that the di discipline comes out of a relationship. And it's a consequence for a bad decision. And every one of us, I believe, will learn. Like, if every time we do this, there's a bad consequence, I don't want to do that anymore. But if we can do this, and maybe we get some type of joy out of doing that, and there's no consequence for it, then we'll just continue to keep doing it. If somebody comes along and always bails us out in a way that we don't feel that consequence, and that's not real life. That's not the way God treats us. So we have to be very important that we don't become enablers to our kids because what will happen is you'll have adult kids who continue to make bad decisions because they never learn from those consequences. A consequence is a discipline. Do you know God? He disciplines. Look what it, this says here, God disciplines those he loves. We see this in Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. My children, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke. Why? Verse 12 says, because the Lord disciplines those he loves. As a father, the son he delights in. 
So as a father myself, I know I delight in my children, so I am to discipline them. That's the way Lord loves us. He, he disciplines us because he loves us. He wants us to learn. He wants us to grow. So always see that if you spare the rod, in other words, you spare discipline, you don't, you don't discipline your kids, you're really not loving them. You may think you are because you're not giving them any consequence, but you could be ruining them for the future. Now, let me just share some discipline do's and don'ts. Because this is a really a complicated topic and probably so much more than I can get into in just this short little teaching. But so here's a few discipline do's and don'ts. Number one, never discipline in anger. Okay? Never discipline. Don't discipline in anger or belittle them. So never do it in anger. So often that's why we maybe don't want to use forms such as spanking because when we were spanked growing up, maybe it was always done in anger. That's a wrong way to do it. So don't discipline in anger. If you need to step back from the situation, pray, calm down, then do that by all means, but don't discipline in anger and don't belittle your child. Next thing is, Discipline with love, prayer, training, and encouragement. This was one of the things Barbara and I learned by going through a marriage, or excuse me, a parenting class. How to properly discipline our child. Bring them into our bedroom. To affirm them with our love. To pray with them. To train them about what they're doing wrong. Yes, there would be a consequence, and name the consequence. But then to leave them with encouragement. And we would do that with soft voices, never yelling, never using anger. And it worked. When I changed my approach like that, that I had learned, it made such a difference in how we uh, disciplined our children. Yes, there was still a consequence, but it was such a, a different way of doing it. The next thing is not too severe. See, the penalty only needs to be, be a little bit worse than any joy they got for the infraction. So don't go too severe. See, if you go too severe, you probably won't be able to, to uh, continue it. You know, if you say, oh, you're grounded for the next three months, well, probably after three days, you're probably going to give in, okay? Don't make it too severe. Whatever joy they got for their infraction, make the consequence just a little bit more severe to provide that training so that they won't want to do it. If you're married, such an important thing too that I learned in, in a parenting class, be in unity. Don't talk to your child until you've talked to your spouse and that you've both agreed on what the penalty should be. Hugely important. Be in unity. And the last thing is be consistent and follow through. Oftentimes we send our kids confusing messages because we're not consistent. We only discipline when we're angry. We only discipline after they've had three or four warnings. And then we don't follow through. We tell them one thing, and then we, oh, we recant, we change. And, and it's confusing for a child. A child knows sometimes I can get away with certain things, and other times I know I can't. So be consistent and follow through. So that's some do's and don'ts. Well, let's move on from discipline now. The last thing is, number three is to lead them to be like Jesus by how we live. So this is back to the parent now. We are going to train them by how we live to be like Jesus. Proverbs 20, verse 7 says, The righteous 
lead blameless lives. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. Blessed are their children after them. See, it has a ripple effect. How we live as parents will be a blessing to our children. Proverbs 14, verse 26 says, Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for their children it will be a refuge. So as parents, as we fear the Lord, as we, as we live a godly life, it will be security to our children. It will be a place of refuge for them. So our godly leadership and example will be safety to our kids. See, one of the things Barb and I tried to do is live a consistent Christ-following life in our home. We weren't perfect, but basically we didn't have a totally different standard at home than what we did in our public life. And maybe it's part of the reason our kids wanted to follow the Lord as adults, is that they didn't see us like one way at church and some totally different way at home. So be consistent. Live that life before them. I love what the Apostle Paul said. He said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And that's what we want to do as parents. Children, follow mom and I as we are following Christ, which means we have to follow Christ. And you might say, well, what do we do when we make a mistake? Well, that's when you model asking for forgiveness, saying, I was wrong. Because none of us are perfect. We will make mistakes. Now, here's some areas that we can model for our children, some areas in our lives. First of all, model marriage. If you're married as a parent, model that the husband-wife relationship comes before the parent-child relationship. So as parents, go on dates. Show some affection to each other. Let the kids see that mom and dad really love each other and that when there's an issue with the children, they're going to talk and they're going to be in unity together. That's hugely important. Showing the kids that mom and dad love each other. They're modeling marriage. Most children want a marriage like their parents. So set a high bar. Have a great marriage and your kids won't settle for a bad marriage. Okay? That's one area. Also, media intake. So don't be watching shows on TV and say, oh, I've got to get the kids out of this room. They can't see this. You're sending a mixed message. You're setting a standard for the kids that is higher than what you're living by. So be consistent. Your kids should be able to watch anything that you're watching. Also, your stance on alcohol. I think it's hugely important. Barbara and I both came from lives where we abused alcohol, so we didn't want it in our home. We didn't drink. And as a result, we told our kids, this is the harmful things that it did in our lives. We don't want you to go down that same path. So model that type of stuff for your kids. Also, the language you use. And serve God. By serving God, you're showing your kids how to serve God. By showing hospitality, having people over and being hospitable, you're teaching your children how to be hospitable. And having a quiet time with God is another way that we can model how to have a relationship with God. So we don't just tell our kids, yes, you need to read the Bible, you need to have a relationship with God. Show, show them by your life, by being an open book, an example. And when their children are young, I've, I've heard this said before, and I, th I think it's true. When our children are young, they will do as you tell them. But when they're older, they will do as you do. 
And that happens, that starts to shift sometime around that age 9 to 11. They begin to watch your life. See, you can't control them like you used to, you know, because they're becoming a little more like an adult as they move into teenage years. And they're going to follow your example more. Children, young children, you can kind of control them. But then as they get older, the control has to go down, 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 and the influence goes up, up, up. And we influence them by how we live our lives. Such an important thing. Now, as we get ready to close, I just want to say this. Our goal as parents should be to raise godly, wise kids who love God, and they want those kids, and you want your kids to fulfill. God's purpose on why they are here on this earth. Not our purpose, but God's purpose. And I end with this one verse. Excuse me. Psalm 127, verse 3 says, Children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring, a reward from Him. As a parent, as a grandparent, It is the most rewarding and wonderful thing. Way more than my role here at this church, and I love what I do here at this church, but more important than anything I do here is what I've done for my family and continue to do for my family. And I want to encourage you to be that godly role model for your your children. Don't sacrifice your children for the sake of a career, for the sake of more money, Prioritize how important it is to raise godly children. Don't set standards for your kids so high that it frustrates them. What's important is to train them how to be like Jesus. And God's word gives us all the direction. I only picked a few Proverbs out of here. There's so much about how we can teach our children to be like Jesus. And let me tell you, those kids and now grandkids are such a wonderful blessing from God. So before we close in prayer, I just want to encourage you with this. This question that I ask all of us. How are we doing in our parenting? It's a time for reflection. See, we need the Holy Spirit's help to be able to have wisdom, to make decisions, to be able to truly put our children in a place where Uh, We lovingly discipline them where we can be an example. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives to do that. Do we need to make any changes? Do you need help? You know, we're here as pastors, as counselors, to help you with your, your parenting situations. Many times, some of our counseling sessions have nothing to do with marriage or, or an individual personal life struggle. It's with some parenting things. So we're here as a church to help you in those respects. And let me tell you this, it's never too late to start. It all starts with your commitment to honor God with your life and now in your parenting. And let me just encourage you, we can do all things to Jesus Christ who gives us strength. In order to be able to do that, though, we need the Holy Spirit. We need a relationship with God. And I just want to encourage you. In a moment, we're going to pray. I'm going to pray for all of you parents and grandparents. But if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that's where it starts. You can't do what I just talked about without a relationship with Jesus. How are you going to to be a role model to them? Show them. 
How are you going to even admit you're wrong in these situations and ask for forgiveness? You need the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we close this teaching on parenting, Lord, I, I, I pray that you would encourage each parent and grandparent listening. Give them wisdom. Show them how to make the right decisions for their children and their grandchildren. And Lord, I know it's a hard role. And all of our kids can struggle at times, can go astray at times. But you love those children more than you love us. Or excuse me, more, more than we love our children. You love them more than that. And I know your desire is for them to walk with you. So give us that ability, Lord. And for anyone who's listening to this teaching who doesn't have a relationship with you, I just want to encourage you to invite Jesus Christ into your life. To make a commitment today saying, Jesus, I need help. I need you in my life. I need to prioritize God first and everything else next. Let me just lead you in a prayer. If you, would, if you desire to, to invite Christ to come live in you and give you the Holy Spirit to help you through life, pray this prayer. Father, I know that Jesus Christ came to this earth and he died for all of my sin. I put my faith in you, Jesus. Forgive me now of all my sin. I want to follow you. Please give me your Holy Spirit to help me follow you. I make this commitment to you this day. In Jesus' name, amen.